Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy hump day. What a great day. You know, you know the rules, you guys. Hump someone you love. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling so incredible because it's hump day, which sometimes I'm like jazzed about. Other times just sort of floats by on the calendar. I don't notice it, but I have the cutest, most precious Chemin on my lap, smelling good with his little short hair. Yeah, show off, show off that cut, hey, Theo. Sexy man. Hey, sexy man. Yes, Theo's in studio today, we fresh chop. missed him so much yesterday. Like, I really have separation anxiety from him because, like, the bond that we fostered mm-hmm. um, while, we were away. while we were away was just, like, the, probably the most special part of my trip. I agree. And I, too, have separation anxiety from Theo. I feel like a lot of dogs actually in our country right now are going through this thing where it's like we all train our dogs to be independent and, you know, self-sufficient. And, you know, we have busy lives. We go to work. We go out with friends. The dog should be able to, you know, entertain itself while we leave them at home for a couple hours a day. And now um, we've been at home for like six months straight. I literally have not left Theo's side for a minute. And all the work that went into making him like the independent, self-sufficient man that he was is down the toilet. Out the window. He's so codependent. When we were away, like every time we would leave the house, he would wail like literally wailing wanting to come so we just like would take him to the gas station like to wherever going anywhere exciting like Theo except for that one time we left we did something so foolish we were going on a hike but we thought we would be biking and so we we didn't take him so we left him and he was wailing and then we went on the hike but it turns out we we didn't even use the bike so he could have come and like I think he's still upset about it yeah I mean this is just like a, a a burden that us dog owners, I feel, are now carrying. And dog aunties. In this climate, is aunties. what do we do about our dogs? Like, how, I don't know, I don't know if we're ever going to transition back to real life. Like, are we ever going to go to concerts again? But if we are, like, our dogs are going to be alone. They're going to have to come. I think so, too. I think so. Like we'll get them little headphones. It has been really hard on the dog aunties, I think. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're very aware of, like, how coronavirus is impacting the human race. But I don't think we're really talking about how coronavirus and just, like, this national crisis, both economic and emotional crisis, is affecting our dogs and our pets, even our cats. Even the cats. Even though I just don't like cats, like, at all. I know. I feel like there's... So many different types of people in the world. There are dog people, and I feel as though there are, those are my people. There are people who don't like dogs. Like, that I can't even begin to I, understand. I think that's a really minority group. I think there's I don't. two different types of people in the world. People who can stand cats and people who can't. Like, and there's no in-between. You either, like, are a cat person or you hate cats. 
Okay, not only, and I, I know, like, this yes. is going to be controversial, like, my Pitbull comment a few weeks ago, but, like... That's months ago, by the way. Months ago, whatever. But I'm going to say it. I hate cats. And not only do I hate cats, like, I judge people with cats. I do. Wow. There's obviously something wrong with you. Like She said what she said. I said what I said. And you know what? I'm not editing it out because that's how I feel. And I've, I never feel more unsafe in a place that there is a cat. Like, uh, me and Ben, um, like... Oh, wow, like literally six years ago, we filmed this like Snapchat um, show with, who was it with? Shape. Shape. Oh, it wasn't Snapchat. It was like a digital web series with Shape magazine where like these two fatties like tried out like cool trendy workouts. And one of the workouts was cat yoga, which is essentially it's a cat cafe. Um, all the cats, it's like a great premise. You know, all the cats are available for rescue and you go in, you can do yoga and the cats just like roam about, jump on you, you know, breeze by you. And they're just like in your atmosphere. And when I walked in, I literally started hysterically crying. I begged them not to make me do it. I did my hair and makeup on the street. Like I literally would not go in there. And ooh, oh my God, I have chills just thinking about it. It was so scary. I did the whole yoga session, like panting, screaming, crying. It was the worst moment of my life. And I hated the cats before then, but like being in that sort of environment with them. That could be traumatizing. I could see how that could be traumatizing. That sounds like really unnecessary, you know, for the cats to be involved in the yoga. I couldn't agree more. That is beyond strange. It, like, remember how in uh, Beverly Hills Housewives, they, they did, did goat yoga. I would have preferred goat yoga. For, yeah, for some reason sounds preferable. More peaceful. Yeah. And like, I feel like it's kind of like horse therapy, like where you can transfer your energy onto an animal. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like cats are willing to take up that burden for us. Whereas I do feel like horses and goats yeah. are, are able to. Cats are also like descendants of lions. And like that is something that like lives inside me. Like every that information. Every time we say cats, I'm like, cats, rare. I'm, well, every time we say cats, <laughs> every time we say cats, I'm like, Jason Derulo, rare. Um, no, it's like, but how do you love and adore Taylor Swift given such is a this, good it's like the one thing that like I just can't get on board with for her like yeah. I would no, love to engage like, that is the whole board for her like there's no, no there's so much more to tell no, there's no besides, like doubt da- like I would say like if she had to like write down her top three passions in yeah, life like it would be music family cats perhaps yeah uh, and I know that. And that's something like I personally have to live with and just come to peace with within myself. Um, and I'm glad you pointed that out because it's like a huge point of contention. Like every time it's like the cat is like involved in something, I'm just like, ugh, the fucking cat. Like I just, I literally despise cats. Like, and you know what? I think, you know why I think I despise cats? Well, amongst so many other reasons. But it's like when I was in the eighth grade, um, we, we went to Israel and Israel, like, years ago, used to have, like, a rat problem. Mm -hmm. And what the country did was they released all these cats into the wild to eat the rats. And it worked, but now they have a cat problem. So you're, like, sitting at a cafe, and, like, there's literally a cat, like, licking your foot. And it's so normal there. It's fucking disgusting. Like, literally. They just, like, roam this town. It's kind of like the pigeons in New York. Yeah. They are tenants, landlords, like, they own land here. And, like, they're just a part of the everyday culture. Like, you're an ice cream shop. There's a cat on the man's head. Like, it's fucking wild. Not on the man's head. Like, there's just a cat. They're just everywhere. And it was such a culture shock for me that, like, I don't think I really ever got over it. It was so disgusting and, like, so vile. And really, they just... They just prance around you and just come out of nowhere. Sick. Sick. I'm sorry. If you have cats, this is going to be a hard episode. But we'll move on. We'll move on. But I have one more question for you. Yeah. What is like a 
bigger thing that you have to reckon that you can't reconcile for yourself like taylor swift's love of cats or taylor versus kim you want to know what it is taylor versus <laughs> cats taylor i i can't reconcile that more because honestly Wait, like, which one you just <laughs> yeah i said both <laughs> taylor and her cats that's oh, wow. harder for me to swallow let me tell you why <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say that. Because <laughs> Taylor and Kim, as much as, like, it kills me that they don't get along, like, they really shouldn't. Like, they're polar opposites. Like, okay. honestly, if they if there was a world where they were best friends, like, it would make no fucking sense. Like, they're opposites. So even though that's difficult for me as, like, a stan, um, I can kind of understand it. I can't understand Taylor Swift liking cats. I can't understand human beings liking cats. Like, they're fucking gross. That's so gross. So that's what I mean when I say, like, I really think there's two types of people in this world. And, like, no one just feels, like, in the middle of it. Like, oh, I'll go over and pet that cat. Sick. They're either, like, not going to pet the cat or they own cats. That's, that's also, like, people who, like, go to the park and bring home squirrels, you know? Like, that's sick. I, I don't know those people. People do that. Well, maybe, like, outside of New York. like. And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm an animal person. It's just I don't take wildlife home. That's sick. And that's what cats are. And that's, in my opinion, like, that's what cats are. You're taking wildlife home. Rare. They're so unpredictable. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't want to upset anyone. Like, if you have a cat, like, an important cat in your life, like, I'm happy for the love that you have. Like, yeah, no, no, no. By know? the way, if you, still, if you have a cat in your life, like, I still value you as, like, a human, <laughs> and I recognize your existence i just like stay away from me okay the keep Far. the cat away no you too you scare <laughs> me you obviously like are so reckless and like don't value life like, but, like you're sick there's so much to be said for cats like in defense of cats they are so self-sufficient and they That's really true. like it they you the vacation for like owning a, month. a cat and a dog and like what it means when you leave your house and like the cats are quite intelligent yeah and they just like are on their own like they're independent strong women and we have absolutely no choice but to stand and support them you know what that's true like having a cat is so easy like you go on vacation for like six months and the cat comes back and like he went to business school you know yeah, like yeah. it's wild <laughs> so i i hear you i see the value i do i just but then you also have to like live with the cat and it's like who cares if he went to business school like he's gross you know <laughs> honestly i feel like this episode is gonna be really triggering for like cat people like please don't come for me like we're just joking around like this is a funny show comedy podcast like Please, it's I so can't. hard these days that like. No, by the way, I literally have a pit right now about like making fun of cats. Like that's how <laughs> sick our culture is. Like I know. we're so fucking sensitive. It, uh, okay, I don't like cats, but like it's a joke. If you have a cat, like you're fine, person. I'll still hang out with you. Like it's a joke. Hello. <laughs> I just feel like I have to say that. Like when I made that pit bull joke, first of all, I didn't. I think it's worth mentioning. Like our community went wild with a pit bull joke. I'm pretty sure I didn't even actually say the word pitbull. I just inferred it, which is, there's a difference. And second of all, I was completely joking. I never said pitbulls are bad dogs. All I said was like, I wonder if the dog, <laughs> I can't say it again. Like, I can't go back there, but like, it was a fucking joke. So is this, please don't come for us. But like, also, we've had like, a rough year. You said it knowing that it's like really upsetting for people to hear that. I was being a shit starter. I was being a shit starter. Not because you thought that, but because like you wanted to say it. But like, honestly, like if jokes about cats and pit bulls like bother you, like I, I actually hope like this particular episode like turns you away from the toast because I really don't want those type of people like listening to the show, you know, like we're going to like, we've become so censored. Like our jokes are like not even funny anymore. Like, because we can't even joke about cats and pit bulls. Yeah, I agree. So if this is your last show. Theo says goodbye. Theo says goodbye. 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 Oh, no, we're still working, Theo. Yes. Um, okay, so I think without further ado and offense, yes, we should without. just get into the Fast Five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. 
Yes, and today's episode is brought to you by our Patreon channel. Please head over to patreon.com slash the morning toast if you want to join. What is our Patreon, you ask? It is our premium subscription service. So, of course, Jackie and I do the show every weekday, all the time. Show is totally free. You can watch it on YouTube, listen to it as a podcast. So we have a premium subscription membership where you can pay $7.99 to get five extra episodes from us a month. The episodes are sometimes vlogs, they're sometimes podcasts. We have guests, we have family. It's a little bit more behind the scenes. Um, so that $7.99 gets you those five extra episodes a month. And then it also gets you access to our private members only Facebook group, which is the Toast After Dark, a fabulous place on the internet, um, a safe place on the internet. There's so few one of those of the, these days. One of the last. So again, that's patreon.com slash morning toast a great way to get more content from us and to support the show so head over and check it out um so we are going to do our fast five then we're going to do a little tv recap because i want to talk about um i started real housewives of new york from the beginning i saw i watched this is paris great and then we'll jump into dear toasters which is our advice segment so it's going to be a great day it's going to be a great day let's get right into it the big story of the day really the only one um the big one, really, the big one. What is it? Cardi B files for divorce yeah. from Offset after three years of marriage following rumors of his infidelity. Cardi B and Offset are officially calling it quits. The WAP rapper filed for divorce at an Atlanta courthouse on Tuesday, saying the marriage is irretrievably broken and there are no prospects for a reconciliation. Reportedly, Damn. after finding out the Migos rapper had been unfaithful yet again, Ugh. people confirms. What the is pair, wrong with people? The pair who share a two-year-old daughter, Culture Chiari, is, are due in court on November 4th. Um, first of all, I love that she's the WAP rapper. That's like hard to say. Two, um, this actually makes me sad. I really, like, stand their love. Like, I thought it was cool how, like, Cardi B, like, was, like, this just out there personality. Like, everything she did was so crazy and out there. But she was also, like, low-key, like, married and, like, had a family. And it was, like, cute and, and like, a nice, like, dichotomy. Yeah. Um, and this is sad. I don't know why, like, men just, like, can't keep it in their pants, but. Yeah, and she forgave him before for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is really sad, but, you know. Everyone has their breaking point, and, like, no one should have to put up with this. Agreed. Like, uh, time and time again. But you know what? They say, like, men cheat when they're not getting it at home. But, like, I just don't believe that. Like, Cardi B, she literally sang about her WAP. Like, I, th- I don't think that's true. I think men cheat. Cheaters cheat. Yeah, and I think when you're at a certain level of fame, like, you just cheat, like, literally because, because you can. Because you can. Like, it's yeah. literally right in front of you. This is sad. You know, justice for Cardi B, justice for culture, um, and their little family. And I always really like them together. So. Me too. And, like, they're two people who are at the height of their game, and, like, they're just so omnipresent in our culture. culture. And it, this is sad to see, but we, we need what's best for Cardi. So who do we set her up with now? Mm. I just feel like she's honestly, like, too powerful. No, then that's like just a terrible like thing like No, I know. A, a terrible notion that like you can't be right. powerful and successful and everything of the sort and get love too. Like that there's no one that could match up. Like I mean, why can't the men step up? You totally just call me out on my like No, but I think what you're saying is like is unfortunately true. Well, like, I think of Nicki Minaj, who, like, they really are so similar. And, like, Nicki Minaj, like, didn't really date throughout her career. And then she ended up with someone who's, like, not great. You know, everyone yeah. knows what we know about Nicki Minaj's husband. So, like, it's like, that's, those are our options for powerful women. Well, it reminds me of This Is Paris, because this is a conversation that she had with her sister, where she was, like, she's always, like, dating these guys who become their bitch, her bitch boy and, like, follow her around. And then, like, they become emasculated and she's, like, so turned off by mm-hmm. them. And, and her sister was like, you need to date an equal. And it's like, who? Right. How? Sorry, there are just so many powerful women out there. Who, what, when, where, how, why? Yeah, that was an interesting conversation, just, like, her dating life in general. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about regarding This Is Paris. Um, but let's think of people who we could set Cardi B up with because she deserves happiness. Yeah, and also I do think, like, I mean, obviously it didn't work out, but Offset is 
unequal, you know? Yes, of course. So You know who's another cute? Migos. So it's also like an equal can't even stack up. Migos is like full of cute couples because Quavo is with Sweetie. Oh, cute. And they're like such a good looking cute couple. And I just like... I don't know. I feel like the Migos guys like really match really well with other like people in the industry. Like it would have been a cute, like they would probably fun double dates. Totally. I love Sweetie. You know, I was on a podcast once with Sweetie, like way before she was like famous. No, when? Um, Like years ago. What podcast? Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh. It was like interesting people from different. That's cool. Yeah. And she was like so pretty. She was really shy. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to remember her name, like in case she blows up. And now here we are. Here we are. Um... So who would you set her up with? I, I don't need, know. I need, I need to think more time. It. I need to like go through my Rolodex. But in equal, it's just like hard because whatever equal, she's in the music industry. So like whatever equals, like just probably going to cheat on her again. Right. Which is a terrible reality. Yeah. Which is why like she, she needs an accountant. Everyone needs an accountant. Do you know that nobody, do you know that TikTok song? Nobody asks what you do when you're an accountant. Yes, I have actually seen that one. Um, that's, yeah. All these celebrities, Khloe Kardashian needs an accountant. Yeah. Everyone just needs like a nice CPA who works at Ernst & Young. Very high up. I mean, yeah, that's prestigious. They need Ernst or, or like, Young. Or they own their own like accounting firm. Like, Boutique. Like a little like small town accountant <laughs> firm. And You're like, making it into a Hallmark movie. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like the greatest movie of all time. Yeah, they have like a little storefront in town. And maybe she's like rolling. Okay, I got it. Cardi B is coming through this. She's on her way to like a big concert. She's on her tour bus. The tour bus breaks out in a really small town. It's April 10th. Tax season is coming up. So not only does she have to get her bus repaired, she has to do her taxes. She goes she over. She can't get in contact with her big time LA. Accountant because there's no service. Right. And so she walks over to the local CPA firm. The local H&R Block. They fall in love. Wait, and the movie's called <laughs> Tax Day. <laughs> oh yeah, like draft day. Yeah, that's love good. It. That's really good. I think there's something there. Can, can someone who and listens also, to this show who's like a graphic designer make like a fake um, movie poster tax day with like a generic looking uh, CPA and Cardi B in like this beautiful little small town? Yeah, I think that that... I think it could be a hit. Is No, but I also think like that's a beautiful love story and it would be like the type of movie that would like inspire everyone to like, go out and get their own accountant, you know? Yeah, no, and like pay and, their taxes. And do their taxes. Like, no, yeah, I, I feel think like the IRS would honestly fund it because it could be like a, just a good PSA for them to remind you to do your taxes and like that is actually the sort of movie that we need considering no one ever tells you how or yeah. that you need to do your taxes. And like the motivation is like file your taxes. You could end up falling in love. Yes. You never know what happens on tax day. Anything could happen. <laughs> Anything can happen on tax day. I love it. Beautiful. Okay. Um, next up, I think these are two people who we have never spoken about on this show. Okay. But here we go. Okay. Kate Goslin oh. says John Goslin is, quote, a violent and abusive person after incident with son Colin. Kate Goslin has had enough. The mother of eight is speaking out against her ex-husband, John Goslin, nearly two weeks after their son Colin accused him of physical abuse, which he has denied. Quote, I am done hiding and will say this unequivocally. John is a violent and abusive person, Kate tells people exclusively. Last week, people confirmed that Pennsylvania's Berks County Child and Youth Services had notified Kate of an investigation into an alleged violent incident involving the 16-year-old that took place earlier this month. According to the CYS letter, which People has viewed, the <clears throat> allegation is of, quote, causing bodily injury to a child through recent acts slash failure to act, hitting slash punching. Um, I would just like to officially, uh, now that this is the first time we're ever speaking about John and Kate plus eight, 
on our show, like and welcome them to the show in an official capacity. Um, I and really hope I'm going to dismiss John. I really hope we like never got to like des- this desperate place where like we had to talk about them. Um, I like I never watched their show, and it's so funny because when people talk about like fame and celebrity, they're like it's so hard to get famous, and it's even more hard to stay relevant. And I feel like John and Kate have managed to do so seamlessly. Like I have been, I remember like when we used to live in Long Island. Like I literally had remember hearing their names back then and it's like now this is 15 years later like I still know who they are it's just crazy how like they literally fell into this like terrible not a good version of fame but fame nonetheless and like here they are I mean yeah here they are I do think that they're they really are like the perfect example of like you know stop making stupid people famous yes um and bad people too and this is like a really unfortunate story especially because they're famous for being like parents. Right. And you know, not good ones. And for having like so many kids. Right. And, and this is how they treat them. Like it's yeah. just, it's, this is like a pit inducing story. Yeah. Terrible story. Um, and I guess we'll keep you updated on it, but justice for the kids. Justice for the kids. Um, next story, someone we haven't <sighs> spoken about in a long time because I feel like she's been kind of under the radar, but. Don't Be Tardy is premiering on October 6th. Okay. And so Kim Zilsiak is sharing her sweet birthday gift that she got for Troy. I, okay, I know that it's, like, not a super, super popular opinion, but, like, I absolutely love the Beerman family so much. Like, I just would love to, like, be with them for the day, like, see what goes on in their house. I have so many questions about them and their businesses and their finances, but, like, at the end of the day, I just love them. And I feel like every year, it's, like, a question, is Don't Be Tardy coming back? It's always, like... Yeah, I mean, it's a question that you're always asking. Because it's, like, we never get a premiere date. Usually shows premiere at the same time, similar time every year. (laughs) We literally are, like, all over the place. Sometimes... Are you choking again? A little bit. Like, I just took a really big gulp. Are you okay? I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Like, sometimes there's literally two years between Don't Be Tardy seasons, and it's, like, just normal, I guess. I just feel like the last time I watched Don't Be Tardy, maybe I missed a season, but, like, Ariana was still, like, a tween. No, no. And now I look at her Instagram, and, like, she's grown. No, she's a full-blown, like, Instagram girl. Yeah. And I feel like she's been, like, a kid being an Instagram girl for so long, which is always, like, cute. And like being an Instagram girl, though, like with braces. Yes, 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 exactly. Very sweet. Um, but now she's like grown. Yeah. And I, I'm really interested to watch the show because I feel like I haven't seen it in so long. Also, I follow them like most of them on Instagram. Ariana's going to college, which is crazy because Brielle didn't. But Ariana's like always been really, really smart in school. Right. So she's going to college, which is crazy. That's so exciting. Well, um, Kim is sharing the details about the thoughtful birthday present she gave her man over the weekend while celebrating his 35th birthday. I feel like it's like literally like a rim job, you know? No, 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 no. This gift I really loved. It's a book. The company's called Best of Legacy, and what they do is they take Croy's entire football career, and there's like articles, pictures, videos of his biggest plays, and this huge book of his entire football career, which is so awesome from start to finish. Is this an ad? I don't know. The I just, article feels like an ad. I know. I feel weird. Like, Best Be, of you're Legacy. You're like doing an ad for Best of Legacy. I know, I know. And it's like, that's a that's a sweet book, I guess. Yeah, honestly, like I'm sure she also got him like a million other things, like actually worth money. But. Yeah, wait, I feel duped because <laughs> like I clicked on this, I was like, oh, what did Kim get Croy for her birthday? Like I assumed it would be something sick, and I read the story, and it was best of legacy. But I just thought like when I said it, it would sound better. You yeah, know, it's totally an ad, but whatever. We get to talk about the Beermans, which I'm always happy to do. Yeah, I love them. Like honestly, every day that I wake up in their house, like isn't in foreclosure. Like I'm just overjoyed. Um, yeah, no, I know. It's, 
I just like I'm looking for like where it says on the website like this story is advertorial right right it's not advertorial it's not no but I don't know maybe like E was feeling as desperate at his house today <laughs> totally that's such a fake story truly um but uh, no the reason why I chose it is because don't be tardy is coming back on October 6th and I thought that was information that you might want to know no of course I know like I watch Bravo every day um and I'm so thrilled about it like I feel like I'm a part of a really elite group of Bravo fans who like die for the Beermans and I just love them so much and their show I think probably I just connect to it so much just because they're like an abnormally close family and like mm-hmm. we're the same and like borderline like inappropriate like you know like Brielle is closer in age to her dad like than her mom is you know like- yes no I they have that like family x factor that I think is why they are successful and, and have stayed successful and it's like the same thing that like the Kardashians had not saying that they're the Kardashians yes but that same thing where it's like it's just pleasurable to watch a family who loves each other 100 percent, and it's like fighting and it's all fun and interesting but at the end of the day like when the premise of the show is built around just like love, love and respect for your family like I'm automatically always going to be drawn to that yes which I love yeah and I feel like there are so many like fa- like or there were so many like family reality shows who tried to like duplicate that format but where they where they get stuck is like there's no like big love there in the family yeah you know um who is your favorite like Beerman character oh I mean well I would say Brielle she's the only one that I follow on Instagram and like I just I think she's just interesting yeah I like but love- I think I love I think my favorite to watch on like the show would be Kim because I just think she's fucking hysterical me too I think my favorite I like I love Brielle I love Kim and like I also love Croy yeah I like it, like, blush talking about them. I literally love them so much. I'm, like, such a big fan. You know, Brielle Beerman came to my show in Atlanta, and I, like, invited her on the whim, on a whim because we had, like, DM'd a few times, and she, like, totally came and was, like, so fun. And she came backstage, and she FaceTimed her mom because I had, I had made, like, a million Kim Zolciak jokes because I was in Atlanta, and it's, like, right. what else do you do in Atlanta besides talk about Kim Zolciak? I think I even, like, at one point, like, played Don't Be Tardy because I was, like, really trying to get into it, and I didn't know Brielle was coming. Like, I really invited her and didn't think she was going to come. And, um... She came backstage and she FaceTimed her mom and I got to FaceTime with Kim and it was like literally the best day of my life. Wow. That's And they're really like such nice people. And like, so I guess some people could find it weird how like Brielle like graduated high school and like stayed in her house and like never left. I think she had an apartment for a few months but ended up like moving back home. But like, I I just like love how like they have such a good relationship. Yeah. Especially like I think what it, when it first started out, like even before Housewives, but when Kim was on Housewives, it was this kind of like tumultuous thing where like Kim was a single mom and it was like so hard for them and they lived in the townhouse and then like Croy came and like made them like full family. It's literally, it like, it's a fairy tale. Yes. Yeah. That's also why I think I'm really drawn to it. I can't believe that we went from like season one, Kim Zolciak to don't be tardy, Kim Zolciak. Like, yeah. It is a full fairy tale moment. Mm-hmm. It's I love beautiful. That. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Okay. Some news in the streaming wars. Okay. Peacock reaches over 15 million signups, the CEO says. I was one of them, yes. Yes, I was one of them as well. What was I watching on Peacock? I think it might have been Yellowstone. That's what got me to subscribe. I was watching Bethany Ever After. Um, Also, do you know that they don't have like all the seasons of Housewives? I saw your story and I completely agree with you. Yeah, that is They only have Dallas. That's four so seasons. weird. Right? So where are you watching Hulu. season one? It's all on Hulu. That's so weird to me. Like, I know. It's NBC. It's so weird. Like that's where... I don't understand. The That's TV. where the streamies get confusing. And like the, just the TV industry. Like someone explain to me how that makes sense. Um, it doesn't. Okay, well Comcast Cable is trending to add more than half a million broadband subscribers in the current third quarter. <laughs> what? I don't know. I just don't know how that has anything to do with Peacock. Yeah. But NBC Universal says that Peacock has reached more than 15 million signups, which I think is really good um, for the streaming wars. Yeah, it's just so interesting. Um, 
when they share data because like I think the most historic or like biggest launch ever was Disney Plus and they had like four million people sign up in a day. I don't know what they're at now. HBO Max was also really, really successful. Mm-hmm. Um Quibi was not. Quibi was not. No, and Netflix obviously like launched a million years ago and over time accumulated like 11 billion subscribers. But um, I'm like so here for like the streaming competition because as because a consumer, we're benefiting. We, are we benefiting. benefit when all these big companies are trying to outdo each other. We get lower prices. We get more content. So I'm just like here like licking it up. And I actually, when I was looking for the Real Housewives um, franchise on my TV yesterday, I was going through all my streaming services and I was literally trying to just like figure out which ones I actually pay for. And out of all my streaming services, I only pay for HBO Max. Like, because you mooch off of someone else's? So, I, we have our family Netflix account that I don't pay for. Mm-hmm. Hulu, I use Liz Heights Hulu. Um, what are the other ones? HBO Max, I, I did purchase because I, I mooch so much off of everyone else that I gave that to Olivia uses it now, and you're welcome to use it if you want. What about Peacock? Peacock is free. That's true, but you watch ads? Yeah. I think I subscribe to Peacock. Do you have Apple Plus? Uh, no. Okay. I, I did, but then I think I canceled it. And then what else is there? Um, I feel like we're missing a big one. Ben pays for my Spotify. Like it's literally Ooh, his like Netflix. debit card from high school. I guess that's it. Oh, Prime. Prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I do Amazon. pay for Prime. Fuck. But I don't pay for Prime video. I, put, I pay for Prime. Prime confuses the shit Yeah, me too. Because I pay for like the shipping. And somehow now I have an account, you know? Yeah, yeah. I pay for the shipping and like now I get movies. Yeah, I pay like the $100 a year to make sure like my toothbrush comes tomorrow. Yeah. But I never really signed up for video. But like it's, it's confusing. Of, it is really weird. That, it's like, very confusing. Yeah, it's because they're like they have their hand in so many things. It's like hard to keep it apart. But I just know it just makes my life easier. They're putting Even out some, there's like, really like never anything to watch on Prime unless you're interested in like their Amazon original shows, which I'm not. No, no. Amazon Prime is like for movie night when you have like an old movie you want to watch and you just have to go buy it because it's not going to be on Netflix. But that's not Amazon Prime. That's like iTunes, you know? Yes, that's iTunes. Amazon Prime is like what you get for free and, and all their shows. And like literally Amazon Prime has like when you look at like what they recommend for me, it's like the most like direct to DVD home. That's you. They're doing all- a good job. No, no, no. But like, even I wouldn't watch it. Um, even I don't watch it. The Amazon has also been putting like, out like Rodeo and Juliet. Oh God. Rodeo and Juliet. Rodeo. <laughs> um, it's about a country couple that falls in love. Amazon has also been putting out these like really high quality, like emotional commercials. Have you been seeing them? No. Like I literally start watching these commercials and like I cry. It's like just about all these different people who work for Amazon, like what it means to them and how they want to like leave the world so great for their kids. And it's like so nice. And like literally they play this music and I'm like, am I crying? That's so beautiful. Yeah. They know how to get you. They also have a new mission by 2040. They're going to be like a zero carbon footprint company. How's that possible? And in the commercial, the guy was like, we set this goal. Like we don't know how we're going to do it, like, but we're going to do it. All of the boxes. Well, so... I've always thought that it was weird that, like, they didn't come up with something, like, more environmental friendly for the boxes. But now almost all of their delivery trucks in California are electric. And they're planning on, like, rolling that out to, like, the whole country, which is, I think, a good good step. But I don't know how, like, literally the biggest company in the world. Boxes, like, stress me out. Just I thinking know. of, like, where do all the boxes go? They're, I think they're reused. Yeah, you put them in the recycling, but there's just so many boxes. I don't really 100% understand how recycling works. Oh, my God. Speaking of recycling, this has nothing to do with recycling. But the most dramatic thing happened to me yesterday. So I ordered um, groceries, and all my groceries came. And I mostly got, um, like, Snapple, soda. Like, I I really get beverages when I order. And so I saw this TikTok trick where, you know, like, the, like the, what is it, 12 
can cases that come in those big long cases yeah. of of soda a trick like for easily getting them in your fridge because usually i'm like one right 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 two it's so frustrating i saw this trick and it works amazing you open up both ends of the the package you put the package in the fridge and then you push out the soda into the fridge and you pull the box out do you know what i'm saying no okay so let me start one more time okay so you open up both at wait which what do you mean both ends like where of the box both ends of the soda can like the top and the bottom not the side and the side it, yeah, wait, it's a rectangle, so it's yeah, like... Yeah, so there and you, there. Where, yeah, where you open okay, it. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Okay, and so you put it open in the fridge okay. with both ends open. Okay. And the end that's facing you, you hold the sodas, and you pull the box out, and all the sodas just go in your fridge. Okay, sure. It's literally such a great time saver. Did you do it? Yeah, I've done it for like the last couple weeks, ever since I figured out the TikTok trend. And then I thought I would do it with my glass Snapple bottles. <laughs> Literally, it was like four in a row. No, no, it's. I opened up both ends of the box and then picked it up and put it in my fridge when I should have put it in my fridge. Oh my god, I can't. They went flying. I wasn't wearing shoes. My entire floor was soaked in peach snapple, and there was glass everywhere. Ben came running. It literally, but just by the sound of all these glasses breaking, like you would. I don't even know what he thought he was walking into. It was so scary. <laughs> and and like I don't even know how you begin to clean that up because like you can't vacuum the glass up because there's soda everywhere. Like it was just No, it's like crazy. Ben literally had to like cancel his three o'clock call. And like we were literally on our floor, on our hands and knees, picking up shards of glass all afternoon. It was and that's why you shouldn't follow TikTok hacks. Okay. That's my lesson of the how day. How many broke? Only three, but oh. if you if you saw it, you would literally think the whole box. That is so crazy. And, and THGO was okay. He didn't step on anything. We had to anything. quickly lock him in the fridge. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> in the crate. I mean. <laughs> I'm just like thinking about him in the fridge. <laughs> I can't. In the crate. By the way, from the way you talk about it, it would sounds like you have the biggest fridge ever. Because I don't know if I could do those tricks. Like, I, there's not enough, like, length for me to pull in. There is. Just try it. And then also it. lock my dog in there. <laughs> <laughs> Just try it. Just try it. It's such a great hack. But I would suggest only using aluminum cans, not glass bottles, okay? Okay, thank you for that PSA. Because you know what? Like, I actually think that people, like... That's alert. Like that's some is a mistake that someone else would have made. Yes, because it's a very and popular you to TikTok spare trend. Them. Like sometimes I like make you have to like you really have to learn things the hard way. Yep. If unless like there's a podcast you're like who's I'm here to spare you. Just do your glass snapple bottles one by one. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Claudia. Um. So yeah, was that the last story? No, our fifth and final story is really a great segue into um, recapping Mrs. Paris because Paris Hilton says she turned down the Hills reboot a ton of times. Good. During appearance on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen on Tuesday, the entrepreneur, DJ, and former Simple Life star revealed she was asked to join the cast of MTV's The Hills and its 2019 reboot, The Hills New Beginning, several times. Quote, yes, I did say no to it a ton of times, she said when asked if it was true that she turned it down. They wanted me both times and I said no. Um, in fact, she says she gets reality TV offers daily. Sure. Quote, every single day we get different calls, people pitching shows, and I always say no. I'm too focused on my business, said the star who owns 19 different product lines, including a line of 27 fragrances. Quote, I just don't have time for that. When they call me with something, I always just say I don't have time. 
Well, honestly, like it was a good idea for the I mean, Hills producers and it would have elevated the show. But what people don't understand about... The show about, needs her. Right. But what people don't understand about Paris and I think what was really unveiled in the documentary, it's like she's not just like this famous person. Like it's a very carefully coordinated business. And like, honestly, I think her being on the Hills would be like a huge step down. Oh, for sure. Especially like just being part of an ensemble cast when it sounds like I'm sure literally if she went to E and said, I want to have like a show this about myself. This is Like it would be filming tomorrow of course so like but but it would be great for the hills new beginnings to have her but like it wouldn't be great right i think that was like the route they were taking like with misha barton like who was everything of the sort and i'm so upset that she's not coming back yeah justice for her i really liked her i absolutely loved her okay let's talk about this is paris what did you think um i loved it i thought it was so interesting i was literally like laughing in anticipation of the Tomorrowland because once i met the german guy i was like <laughs> i was thinking of your impression and i was laughing and then when it <laughs> happened like I was so shocked and I, I was so proud of her because Me too. and she really handled it like so sensitively at first and like was really putting up with a lot of shit and then once like she turned like goodbye gone like just really strong and I just admired her so much in that moment. Yeah, it was a really just interesting like spectacle almost of a what it's like to date when you're Paris Hilton because you just get these like losers. He was mad that she was he was there he, wouldn't, he was there with her for her to support her. And she's fucking working. Like, it's such a big deal to do tomorrow. And, like, the biggest festival in the world. And, like, you're just not going to be supportive. And, like, that was just upsetting. Yeah, it was really upsetting. I'm so glad that she kept kicked him to the curb and, like, didn't put up with it. Because, you know, oh, my God. It was just infuriating. Like, watching, like, him, like, hang on to her and, like, put his face in her neck and be like... I, 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 like, I just really can't. But the rest of the documentary was so good. I mean, she really is... It's, I mean, she's so stunning, first of all. Like, I mean, she's a beautiful girl, and we've always known that, but seeing pictures of her, like, growing up and, like, in her teens and now and how, sim- like, she, she looks the same. And by the way, she does not get Botox or I anything. know, I know. Because, like, her forehead is amazing, but it does move, like, it moves when it Naturally. needs to move. So, and she, she definitely does not get work done, and she's just so stunning. And I, it was interesting to hear about, like, this character persona, which I feel like we've all sort of known. I think that actually the most interesting thing is, like, because I feel like so many people say, you know, I play the dumb blonde. Like mm-hmm. Cameron Westcott. But like, I'm in on the joke. Right. And okay, sure. Like, Prove I it. believe you. But when she was talking to her friends from Provo and they were like, when we were watching The Simple Life and you said you didn't know how to use a mop, we're like, bitch, like, yeah. that's all we did there was clean. Right. So I just thought that was so interesting. And it really is this characterization. And it's like, she has two voices. And I think people are shocked to realize, like, her natural voice is very low. So deep. And that's how you know, like, when yeah and that's hot that's how you know it really is his character because her natural voice doesn't go up that high she really has like a man voice yeah nikki has a very low voice too yeah they both have low voices it's it's really crazy and i love their their sisterhood i love their sisterhood like they're so honest and straightforward with each other and i they've had so many real conversations on camera that i thought were so interesting um i just i want for paris like i know like her brand sort of like gets in the way of everything for her but I I feel like she could dial it back you know and I think that her audience would yeah and this might be the documentary was the first step yeah but I think that her audience would be really receptive towards that yeah but like she's just like hustles and she it's I just found it so interesting how like 
she does so many things that don't make her happy because she's just so motivated by being successful and specifically money. And I feel like that's something like a lot of people might relate to. It's like hating what you do, but like not, not even just like needing the money, but like wanting yourself to be like wanting all these things for yourself yeah. and wanting to hit all these benchmarks and like prove to everyone that like you're not dumb and like you are smart and you can be successful. And like, I totally related to that. And I just like, I just loved getting to know her. I loved seeing how she lived, like her closets and but her racks was, of clothes. It's so crazy. Cause she's so disorganized and like, when in all of those moments when they were trying to leave the house to go to an event and she's carrying like a million things and like so many different backpacks like it was so stressful to watch and I feel like a lot of times when you watch celebrities and I feel like we're so used to watching the Kardashians for example and like every they're like a perfectly scheduled train arrives on time Kim is always early like remember when Courtney literally had her assistants go through all of her pouches and organize the lip glosses lipsticks and lip liners right like that's the level of organization I'm used to from celebrity so to watch Paris who's literally like on her computer like it's like who holds Kim's like I know her Kim's computer is not as important to her daily job but like it's like making sure the computer doesn't fall like now I was just like oh the computer is gonna fall like before Tomorrowland when literally her computer was like being flopped around the tent on a suitcase like rolling around like and it's like the whole set it was really stressful yeah so I think that adds like stress to her life, but like the chaos is sort of what she's used to. But I thought it was really interesting. And the way that they did the documentary, I thought was really well done because we're learning so much about her. And then pretty much a lot of the things that she struggles with stem from what happened to her while she was at Provo, obviously like the insomnia and the PTSD, but also that feeling of wanting to make so much money. I think for her, goes back to from when she was there just wanting independence on every level and like hated being a kid and like having someone to answer to and someone like she couldn't just leave and and go clubbing or not even clubbing just like be her own person and I feel like a lot of people who grew up in like really strict households households have that sort of feeling where it's like they need to be successful because they never want to be codependent or not in not self-sufficient yeah definitely Uh, yeah her her childhood was fascinating like just like the houses and the living in the Waldorf and just like her parents like I just when Kyle Richards cameo in the beginning like I just found I find like the Richards Hilton come up to be very fascinating very I agree very fascinating and I also hope that with breaking code silence that like they are able to get these places shut down because I feel like I remember growing up there were always like myths about those places like these boarding schools that come and like kidnap you in the middle of the night yes um for like kids who were out of line and by the way I never really thought of until this documentary how unbelievably traumatizing it is to get taken from your sleep in the middle of the night and not realizing it's something that your parents like coordinated. Right. Either not realizing that your parents are in on it or seeing your parents and them not helping you. Right. Like and feeling like no like you can't trust anyone. No one is gonna be there to help you. Like that is lasting trauma. I, I never thought of the implications of that technique and I, and I knew it's like you would send someone to military school like they would come in and pick them up in the middle of the night and it was like this almost like trope they did it in like movies and tv shows yeah, and it's like oh yeah it's, it's really scary in that moment but then you find out like you're just going to a school no but no it's like that stays with you forever it's everlasting trauma yeah. and like watching her like be up all night and have to wake up early for these call times and like glam I don't know how she does it I know the sleeping was like giving me so much anxiety yeah truly um, so I'm glad, it was good, right? It was really good. And I think that that's exactly what we needed from her. Like, I feel like she either could have written a book or done this documentary. And I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, I feel like the documentary was a good route to take because you really get to see, like, how different she is from, like, Paris Hilton. Like, Paris is just, like, a down-home chick. Yes. 
So I feel like, like that needed to be visual. She doesn't even like wear pink or sparkles when she's hanging out at home. No, she just like wears sweatpants and like has a blowout. Yeah, like she's oh, like just like her baggy black pants that she was always wearing. Yeah. Yeah, the glam was on point. Her eyeshadow and her eyeliner like sickening. Yeah, she has good glam. Um, really quickly, so I wanted to restart a Real Housewives franchise and I started with New York and I just have to say it's one of the most amazing decisions I've ever made. Really? Like, I did it, not think you were going to say that. It reminded me of how like when you when you when enough time has passed and you can rewatch Desperate Housewives. Like forgetting the true joy and beauty of so many things but most specifically Alex and Simon. Like Stop. I had totally forgot that they literally like tricked this group of women into thinking they were something. And no, they didn't. No, they did because literally you watch the first season and they're definitely weird and everyone knows they're like a little off, you know, like they're, they live in Brooklyn and they're just like kind of weird. And everyone knows did that. Did they live in Brooklyn in the beginning or yes. they moved to Brooklyn? I thought they moved, but they lived in Brooklyn. I think we just confuse her with Miranda. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. So, and we and the women in the group like know that they're just like a little different, like off the beaten path. But they're still very much in society. They go to the opera. They spend thousands of dollars at Cavalli. They go to St. Bart's. It's like they do all the things right, and literally they messed up. The whole thing was a facade, and they they messed it up by inviting Bethany over to their house and filming at their house. And I don't know if you remember, but season one, like they were literally living in squalor, like. They bought this townhouse that they planned on renovating. But I like, remember the townhouse. There were no floors. There were no walls. Like, there was just, like... Were they living there? Yes! With, and, like, literally living in a basement. Like, and it was it was shocking. And literally, we go to the reunion, and everyone was like, was there anything that you guys saw on the show that you, like, really experienced, and it, like, shocked you? And all of them were like, we couldn't believe how Alex and Simon were living. And so it really, like, took this whole like their whole image down because while they were never like the coolest people in Manhattan, they had ever, they were putting off this energy that they were like cool and different. Yeah. And it was just this fake facade. Like, and I forgot how much of like a, how much they like faked their way through and how it was like pulled out from underneath them. Like I totally forgotten about all of that. I also had totally forgotten about this, di- the dynamics before the women, before they became famous. Like, Luann, in my opinion, was, like, the coolest. A hundred percent. And Ramona was, like, dying to crack that friend group and just, like, be friends with the Countess. And I'm sorry, I had totally forgotten, but, like, Jill is everything. Like, I loved her so much, and now I remember why. Like, she's, like, your aunt. Like, she's so fabulous. And her and Bethany are just becoming really close friends. And, like, I have a pit because, like, I know it doesn't end well. Yeah. But, like, the show, I think became what it did because like first of all the women were all wealthy four out of six of the women had houses like huge houses in the Hamptons and the other one was Bethany and she eventually gets one and the other one was Alex and Simon they obviously didn't have one and oh do you remember when (laughs) Alex and Simon rent a house in the Hamptons no so Jill and Bethany are staying at Jill's house for the summer and Jill gets a masseuse to come over and this woman and you know Jill she can't just relax she's yenta 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 talking 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 and the masseuse is like oh I have this couple staying at my house I rent one of my one of my properties and Jill was like oh anyone I know and she's like Alex and Simon Van Campen and Jill is shook they go to the house it is truly like it's just the dichotomy between going from like Jill's house the countess's house Ramona's house so nice uh who's the fourth one what's house Jill there's another one, Luann, Ramona. No, I guess that's it. Yeah. Um, Kelly. Kelly joined season two. Do you know that? I thought she was season five. Oh, interesting. Kelly has a sick house in the Hamptons. 
Um, That's crazy that she... So she's running in the street season two? Yes. I thought she joined like season four or five. Yeah, me too. No. She joined season two. Um, She has a sick house in the Hamptons. And... I was getting off track, but my point was that, like, this was a really fabulous group of women. Like, they were all so wealthy. Like, their apartments in the city were sickening. And I think I really enjoy watching it because it reminds me of a time in New York that, like, I think of very fondly. Like, this is when I was, like, in high school, and, like, I went to high school on the Upper East Side. Well, we went to high school on the Upper East Side, and, like, that's where all these women, like, frolicked, and they went to Scoop, and Ali Shapiro went shopping. Like, it just reminded me, like, really of my youth and, like, a great time in New York. Yeah. And when, like, the Upper East Side was, like, this fabulous, there were so many shops and restaurants, and, like, even before coronavirus, it had, like, started to go downhill a little bit so it's just like it's a time capsule almost to like yeah. see all these places and restaurants Serafina like that'd be like watching Gossip Girl yes. again because that's the, the same time I mean there's just so much goodness to unpack and it was just this really fabulous group of women and you forget like they're really I run with a fabulous circle, circle of, of women uh, Jill and she like last I run in a fabulous circle of people she wasn't lying she was not lying it really was this like amazing group of well-connected women and there was this like real social scene in new york and in the hamptons i remember they went to like this w hotel beach house i forgot that they even had that in the hamptons at one point like there was like a w hotel mansion like there was just like it was just like a fabulous time in new york and it was a fabulous group of women and they've really fallen so far and you forget where they came from that's so interesting. I really thought when you said that you were going to start from the beginning, like you were making a mistake, honestly. No. And if I, if I had responded to you, I would have told you to watch Beverly Hills because I would have thought that that would be more interesting. But it's crazy to hear that you're loving it, even though, like, do you think that, like, the drama and the storylines are as big as, like, they feel today? No, they were minuscule, but, like, it was just so fresh, and this was before reality TV was a thing. So just, like, Bethany picking up Luann, getting into the car and introducing Luann to the driver as Luann... Luann literally going off about how she needs to be introduced to staff as Mrs. Deliceps. And it's similar to how you introduce yourself to a child as you do to a driver. That's literally what she said. There, it commands a level of respect. Even that's nothing. Like today that would be nothing. It was just fascinating like to see these women and like come from these worlds you know yeah and you just forget about the townhouse you forget about the count you forget about Luann's son Noel taking breakdancing lessons like you just forget about it you know yeah it's really it's but what's fascinating the quality of watching it first season is a little blurry second and on is fine okay yeah I, I was I was worried about that as well but even the reunion like Andy's so young and that's when it was called watch what happens Period. Like, what, not watch what happens live. No, it was watch what happens, but not that. Not the reunion. Yes, mm. season one, and the, they would go to a clip, and it would be like watch what happens, and then the clip. That's so crazy. Yeah, so it's just like a, it's like a time capsule of New York of Bravo. Has it made you? When does Sonia join? Not season two. She's like kind of late. No, I feel like she's season three. She's never on with Kelly. I don't think, except for Scary Island. Right? Was Sonia on? I don't think Sonia was on Scary Island. That's so weird. I, I would have thought that Sonia joined before Kelly. No, I knew Kelly was before, but I thought Kelly was like four, five, six. But I think she's two, three, four. Are you like looking forward to or dreading when Cindy Barshop joins? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually like excited to revisit that whole quag thing. I and thought like, it was so funny. I think it'll be good for you to revisit like why she made such a lasting impression on she you. She did. <laughs> Leave me alone. She didn't. I she did not. She did. She did not. I think we should have her on the show. I think we should move on to Dear Toasters. Oh my God, I forgot about Dear Toasters. Yes. Yeah, so again, Dear Toasters is our advice segment. If you ever want to write us in, and please do, we're running dry on some good content. But deartoasters at gmail.com is the email. We'll always keep it anonymous. We'll never rat you out, but you can write in about any problems that you're having, and we will do our best to help you. So let's dive right in. Excuse me. Hi, Jackie and Claudia. Hi. I'm writing you because I'm very conflicted. Mm. My parents have been married for 28 years, but recently things have not been okay. They fight all the time and they don't even share a room. 
They constantly talk about how they can't wait to move out of the house they live in now and keep saying my dad will go to Florida and my mom will go to Rhode Island. A couple days ago, my dad went to the doctor. My mom, being a nurse, always reads what the doctor wrote on his notes from the visit. My mom noticed that he was prescribed Viagra, which caused a huge fight, and my mom thinks that he's cheating. They kind of dropped it, and I think it was either solved or ignored. I just went on... I just went to walk around the couch to go upstairs and my dad was on the phone and I think he was on a Tinder on his phone. What do I do? Do I tell my mom it looked like a dating app and there was a picture of a woman at the bottom? I don't even, I know that even if it's not true, my mom will not let it go. But if he's cheating, do I just tell her? Please help a toaster in a situation I didn't ask to be in. Ooh, this is so difficult. I like, I, and I I can't judge because like I've never been a parent, but I just firmly believe that like the parents' issues are the parents' issues and like you should really try and keep it away from the kids for as long as possible. But like what about when the kids are adults? Like say this girl is 30. A kid is an adult, but like they're still your kid. Yeah, I agree. But like there's a difference between like not involving the children and not involving like just the offspring. I actually feel like when you're getting divorced, like it might be easier on a 12-year-old than it is on like a 25-year-old. It's different. I think that... I think that it's hard on a 12-year-old because I think that there's a lot that they don't understand. But then I think for a 25-year-old, it's like they actually understand too much. And, and that's also difficult. And, right. and when you get divorced at that age, it sort of like makes you question your entire life. And when you're 12, it's like kids are just really, really like flexible. Like, and, and they go, that's like room. Like you really see like kids can bounce back. But also, yes, in some senses, but it also sort of... They're, since they're not like fully formed like it affects how they will grow up grow so I mean it's it's tough regardless I think but I, I I think for this person so the question is like should you tell your mom what you saw on your dad's phone it also it sounds like your mom has her suspicions and it also sounds like they're living separate lives yeah it sounds like you need to come to the realization like your parents are most likely getting divorced and like you need to be okay with that. Let them figure it out. It'll happen, honestly, in the next few years. And also, like, you thought you saw something, but I wouldn't go to your mom with something that you thought that you saw. Like, and I'm not telling you to snoop and find something legit, but if you ha- if you see something, if you, in your travels, you see, like, legitimate evidence, share that with her. Don't share, like, a feeling or a thought yeah. that you had. Like, don't start, like, a whole balagon unless you have, like, hardcore proof. Hardcore proof. And it sounds like you don't. It sounds like you have a feeling and, like, a screenshot. And it sounds like your mom has the same feeling that you have. So I don't think there's any need to, like... Yeah. If your mom was, like, had no idea of anything, like, then you would feel a responsibility. Yeah. But it seems like they have a whole plan. They're moving out. Like, right. you don't need to make things worse. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. The okay. feeling... School. Stay out of it. Yeah. All right. HYD, Jackson Claude. Hi, you I've been wanting to bring this up for a while, but my situation never felt big enough to share. One of my coworkers, she named him Elon Musk's son's name, and I honestly like don't know how to pronounce it. Let's call him Angel. One of my coworkers, let's call him Angel, is very creepy towards Wait, me. She wrote XAE12. XAEA-12. That's, That's what she wants so to call funny. her coworker. But <laughs> That's funny. Okay, fine. I'll call. No, One no, no. of my coworkers, let's call him XAEAE12, is very creepy towards me. I've always been nice to him because he's a strange human who's more socially awkward than Alex McCord. Wow, that's so weird because we were literally just talking about her. I find that quality endearing, so I befriended him at work to make him feel more comfortable. You sound like such a nice person. Since then, he's been making inappropriate comments and advances towards me. For example, when we were in the office, he complimented my ankles and how he, how he admired the space between my socks and pants. This was in front of my whole team, and I cringely accepted the comment. Fast forward to today, the same team was in a Zoom meeting, and XAE12 had to share his screen. (laughs) What do I see on his screen? A picture of my fucking ankle on his desktop. Three of them, actually. I know it's mine because I have a particular scar near my foot. 
Should I hide under a rock or do something? I'd rather not say anything because it's embarrassing. Best cankles. Wow. That is something, truly. Um, that is I'm, so weird. Like, I'm actually speechless. Like, uh, um, <laughs> like the optimist in me wants to say what because when he complimented you on your socks to your pants ratio like sometimes people wear like there's like say you're wearing socks like I'm wearing yep. with like a capri and like on me that would look like terrible but it's a tough look to pull off yeah maybe he was like really into it and like maybe he has a girlfriend and like took a picture to show her like you should try this style oh my god Jackie honestly like I would love for you to ignore this because conversation is weird but like this really sounds like the beginning of like Colton a and Cassie a like, lifetime movie he like this is not normal behavior and I'm afraid like it could really turn into something scary and like dangerous and it's just really creepy and I feel like you have to like tell HR which is just so awkward and so uncomfortable but these are like signs that you shouldn't ignore yeah and I just feel like until it's resolved you should just like wear pants that cover your ankles a hundred percent like you don't want to tempt I will literally I will literally (laughs) Amazon Prime Uh, we'll send you some like big Ugg boots to cover your ankles, <laughs> like huge socks, because you have to protect yourself. And maybe <laughs> you have to protect your ankles. There's such it's literally your Achilles heel. Like, wow, it's yes, such, it's such a tender. Your ankles are so beautiful that they actually put you in danger. It's such a tender part of your body. And it reminds me of the movie Sleepover when we see um, Steve. Is that his name? Crow? No, no, no. Her boy, the guy that yes, she likes. Steve. Steve, when he's in the shower, when he's getting in the shower and he drops his boxers mm-hmm. and we see his Achilles tendon, they just look so vulnerable. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. have to protect that. And you know what? Honestly, I think it's also your job to like protect the other women in the office. So I think that what you should do is like, like turn all the air conditioning up really, really, really cold so that all the women like have to wear furry socks. I and, got like, it better. What? You should release like an army of ants and they'll start biting everyone's ankles so everyone will wear like long pants. Um, okay, that seems like really dramatic. <laughs> like, no, or just... Release a box of vet ants. No, I think the air conditioning aunties. thing is good. Or like get a bunch of your female coworkers like matching socks like with monograms on it. To be like, we should wear these every day to work and like never wash them. Or like if HR doesn't heed your complaint, like you should take up a petition to with HR like for a dress code where everyone's ankles have to be covered. Yes, like Gilead in um, Handmaid's Tale. It's yeah. like everyone has to wear now like long dresses and head coverings. But the ankles could be covered by socks. Yeah. That is what they're there for. <laughs> this is a weird one. Honestly, good luck. But don't take it lightly. This is like creepy behavior. And I feel like it is the start of a bad movie. So yeah, so look into it. Yeah, protect your ankles. Um, all right, next up, final one. Claudia and Jackie, welcome, welcome, welcome back to the studio. I started dating this guy right before the holidays last December. He was tall, creative, and had a corgi. Corgi? Corgi. corgi. Oh my God, I was like, a what? A corgi. He had an orgy. By the way, I feel like people who describe other people as creative are very like interesting people. The people who describe others as creative? Yeah. I've like never like thought once to describe someone as a creative. Oh, interesting. It's just like an interesting adjective to use. Yeah. But I also think it's super descriptive. And she said he's a creative or he's creative. He was tall, creative, and had a corgi. I think there's a difference between being creative and being a creative. Like when you're... I think being a creative is like literally the fakest job ever. No. Yeah. I think that when you're... Cre- like I think people would describe me as creative. Like in every way I... I'm creative. Like, you paint your nails, I, yeah. In my imagination, like, I just, I'm creative. But I'm not a creative. That is someone who, like, works in Brooklyn, yep. and they have, like, glasses, uh-huh. and they have an iPad where they, like, make 
graphic designs yep. on it with, with a little like, pen with a little pen thing yeah um that is a creative okay so she started dating this guy last december before the holidays he was tall creative and had a corgi Wait. corgi yeah yeah corgi okay it like sounds wrong no corgi <laughs> sounds wrong so what could really go wrong Cue the global pandemic. We were only dating for three months when we decided to leave New York City together and come back to my house in Massachusetts to quarantine. We were living in my grandmother's beach house and TBH, he was driving me insane. Desperate to get All the fuck- All that creativity. Yeah. Yeah. It had nowhere to be funneled. <laughs> Desperate to get the fuck away from him, I invited slash begged my sister to come and join us on the Cape. As soon as she came down, I realized this guy was not it. Long story short, we eventually brought him back to New York City and a week or so later, I called him to end things. He was not understanding and thought I was cheating on him. I wasn't. Hello, global pandemic. Not many guys around. But how do you tell someone it's them, not you? Anyway, I sent him back all his stuff plus a birthday present I had previously ordered for him to his apartment in New York City. I included a return shipping label and a note asking him to return anything I left at his place before the world blew up. He is refusing to return my stuff and said that I'm selfish for sending the return label and was clearly never interested in him. But he has a lot of important, I have a lot of important, wait, he has a lot of important stuff at his place, including a pair of my snake skin booties, a winter ski jacket, a curling iron, and a bracelet for my grandmother. How do I get the box back? I've been deliberately contacting his brother, mom, or even his brother's girlfriend who I became close with. What do I do? Wow, that's really sad. Like her grandmother's bracelet. Yeah. Like this is so petty. Is she still on the Cape or is she back in the city? She um, didn't say. But I actually, I think probably today she's back in the city. We eventually brought him back to NYC. So yeah, they all went back. Okay, so I think if you're not getting your stuff and like it's not stuff that you can leave, like go with your sister, knock on his door and get in there and get your stuff. Yeah, honestly, like, and when I get there, I would prioritize. Like as much as your winter ski jacket is important, it's not as important as your bracelet from your grandmother. What if she can't find it? Like what if he hid it? What if he threw it away? People do like really evil things when they get hurt. I'm like... That would be so crazy. And, and you know what? Let this be a, be a PSA to girls everywhere. Like, if you're thinking of breaking up with a partner, like, make sure you've been at their house recently and, like, take all the important things. Maybe, and but you don't want it to seem like you planned this. So, like, leave, like, an ugly, chunky sweater, but keep, like, your important jewelry. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. Like, if you know you're not going to see the person ever again, like, go over and clean out. Yeah. Before you just, break up. Or, like, maybe even leave the ski jacket, but, like, get the bracelet. Like, something that you truly can't go yeah. on without honestly i feel like this girl is most upset about her snakeskin booties not only because she titled she named it sorry she listed it the first one she also signed it sincerely a bootyless toaster so she's really missing oh her my god booties. where are the booties from i mean the worst would be if they're like your favorite booties and they're from a few seasons ago and you can't get them but check poshmark or the real real like you might find them you never know yeah but also just go over there and fucking take your shit back yeah you're never gonna end the relationship if like you're not fully moved out and like yeah like emotion like if you guys were only dating three months into like before quarantine and then like you quarantined together for a little and it wasn't even good like you guys have been broken up for a long time now and like you should be moving on not like thinking about your grandmother's bracelet well we also talk about quarantine relationships a lot and I feel like this is maybe like the least ideal like you met someone and like you thought it would be like great for you guys to quarantine together and you really didn't know him that well so like once you started quarantining together like you realized he wasn't it like that sounds really really difficult yeah especially like if you're in the cape like because i feel like it's hard to um to get, get there a- and like get back oh yeah it's not somewhere know? you could just commute back and forth especially when there were a pandemic fl- and there weren't flights so like right. you have to take the ferry and like did you have a car um or you have to take a bus or a train like that's a lot yeah but good luck with that and just just head over there take charge Take charge, but also bring someone with you. Yes, of course. Maybe the police. <laughs> um, that is our show. Again, that's Dear Toasters. Please write us in, deartoasters at gmail.com. Those ones were great today, but we are running low. So email us anything. We'll always keep it anonymous. You can change people's names. We'll never rat you out. 
deartoasters at gmail.com. And that is our show. That is our show. We will see you tomorrow. We What's on tonight? Real Housewives of? Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Okay, another reunion, part three. I believe it's the last one. Wow. I'm ready for that. I'm ready I'm, to put this behind me. We'll be recapping it. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. So thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every day on YouTube, Monday through Friday. So please subscribe to us on YouTube. And if you're watching this, give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. Wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, The Morning Toast, and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. We love you guys so much. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.